Welcome back to my podcast. I want to talk about, I really want to get back to that day when I left Chicago in 2009 of August. And I had lost my job. The person that I was madly in love with had decided to to leave me. Uh, my relationship with my daughter's mom was chaotic. And I felt nothing but shame, guilt, humiliation, self-doubt. And um, I really wasn't interested in anything. So after going into the office on that Friday, August 17, and them telling me I no longer will have that job, letting me go from a job I worked 17 years, 18 years probably. And I remember sitting at the bus stop and making a phone call. I don't remember who I called. And uh, I was devastated. So I came back to this apartment, to my condo. And I remember waking up the next day and my life had completely changed. You're talking about someone was badly mangled. And this is what sparked my move to New York City because I applied for job after job. People talked about how they were gonna help me. My ex who left me sat there on my computer, revamped my resume. I had no confidence. I remember sitting in here thinking about what was next for me. And as the days went on, as the days went on, I uh, remember waking up in those mornings, those nights, and I remember sitting up in the middle of the night waiting, wanting to be uh, helped, loved, supported, and I felt like I had none of that. Granted, I was 17 years sober. I had access to all the resources, but I was paralyzed mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. But I kept applying for jobs. In my move to New York City in November, because that's when Starbucks hired me, I moved there in November. And I remember sitting in my bed on October 31st and realizing I needed to let this go. Talking about the relationship and everything. Because I blamed the relationship that I was in for where I was at. So I was so fogged about what was going on and who I thought I was. that um, I went days without eating. I think I lost, what, 20 pounds? I weighed about 135 pounds. People would ask me what's wrong with me. Nothing. 
But I remember not eating, waking up sad, hurt, um, as a victim, seeking. In the same breath that I was seeking, I was manipulating and lying and cheating. And I remember that day I woke up on October 31st and realized it was over. And I had interviewed for a leadership role with a company and they flew me out to St. Louis and I went through the whole process. I couldn't take that job. And I remember Starbucks calling me and they said, yes, for New York City. And I wanted to take the job in New York City because I wanted to cut my ex off on the path and be there and show them that I can live in New York where you're trying to go. I can do things. By that time, I was angry, resentful, show you attitude. And getting that job, I moved there not making a lot of money. But I moved there anyway. And I remember emptying out this house and giving away things and selling things and throwing things away and throwing things out. And I remember that day, um, my daughter, mom brought her over and we talked, me and my daughter. Because I was leaving. Because I was too shameful about what happened, about losing a job I worked for 17 years, falling in love with someone, and they cheating and leaving me. And um, I was going to lose my house, right? I was going to lose all of my possessions. I have more shame than fear. So I had shame over here, fear over there. And when I wasn't shameful, I was fearful. And when I wasn't fearful, I was shameful. And then I had the other thing, I had blame. So I had blame, shame, and fear, this triangle. And I was living in that. And the only way I didn't feel that triangle was to manipulate other people, lie about my situation, or run and hide. And I did all three. <laughs> and an opportunity came for me to, to go to New York and I went to New York. And I took all of that with me. I went to New York and I wanted it to seem like I felt great, but I felt horrible. Every day after moving there in November and starting my job, It felt horrible. I thought if I would hang out with my friend in New York and go to the clubs and do all these fun things, I wouldn't feel none, but I felt it. I remember I felt it so much that I was willing to sell myself. And I remember him taking me to like a gentleman's club and where all these older guys were or to, to these nightclubs where I can meet people. But you know what's so powerful? 
God wouldn't let me meet a lot of people. And I had to insert my will where I can uh, get grimy. And he still wouldn't let that happen for me. You know, I went to New York, I had a job. I went to New York, I had a place to live. And I went to New York and I have a host of friends. But I felt so bad about myself. I was willing to do any and everything to stop that feeling, except take a drink or drug. Anything insane I was willing to do. I was willing to go to gentleman club to sell myself. I was willing to go to the nightclub every night. I was willing to be out in the streets as long as I could. Um, I was willing to compromise my morals and my values because I felt that bad about what happened and who I had become. There was moments when I was walking down those streets in New York and I felt good. I felt sexy, handsome, like somebody wanted me. But those days um, were there still where I felt like I was in New York and I had nothing to nobody. And everything back in Chicago, I wanted nothing to do. I wanted to forget about that kind of pain. You know, um, the day I walked in Starbucks on November and I stood behind that counter in that green apron and I started selling that coffee, I still felt shameful. I always wonder what people would think when they saw me in here how they would judge me. And I remember those partners in Starbucks making me feel like I was uh, somebody or something. It's the only place I had to go. And if I wasn't there in the daytime, at night I was wandering the streets, hanging out with my buddies trying to find something or someone to save me. I remember shaving all my hair off my head and my skin breaking out and meeting that doctor and climbing that fence to sleep with someone getting on the internet and hunting for people and finding people that were willing to help me get out of that feeling for just one night or one hour. And I remember those mornings putting on that green apron and I had to sell myself you're just in character, get in character. I remember grabbing that garbage can and walking all the way around the block to throw out the garbage, working at Starbucks. People in line. And then another year coming and 
See, I had planned to be there because I knew, you know, my ex was going to be there. At some point, they were coming. And when they came, I wanted to be prepared. And something propelled me tonight to talk about a space of being damaged, abused emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And how do I go from that in my past to being someone of who finds morals and find values in themselves and grow to be this person? And then next thing you know, I'm back in that same spot, desperate. See, I thought my podcast would stop with my past, but I realized today, if I'm not sick, willing to fix on the inside what's really going on, it's going to show up again. I'm going to seek those same things. I'm going to desire those same things, look for someone to make me feel better. And I would never see what I have and who I am is enough and fall in love with that. I remember when I, when I packed my bags in February and I, I'm leaving, I'm going home. Now, I said that in October when I lived in New York in 2010. By February 2011, I was in the same place I'm sitting today in my home. Somehow I was able to keep it with the works of like God and all the other stuff that came with it. It was a lot of work living in New York, living in those apartments, And giving up, giving up the lie, right? Giving up that relationship that I had with the facts. Because I had a relationship that I didn't want to give up. The relationship that it was going, I, I had that relationship with a lie. But when I got with the facts, what was real, what was so, oh my God, what it took for me to get there. It took me some letting go, some compromising, some self-work, some, you know, uh, being vulnerable, looking at myself and finding out that I was worthy. That was hard to get to. It was hard to get to a place when I felt like I was happy on the inside and I looked good on the inside. I I, I tell you the story about I met all of these men 
in these meetings. I got to know them. And we hung out, we went to dinners, we had coffee. Today, some of us are still friends, some of them are not. And I remember a bunch of us getting together before I left New York and we were gonna go jump out of airplanes. (laughs) And I tell you about this airplane story because the adrenaline, the rush I'm getting as we get on this train, we hit to upstate New York, we get off the train, we get over there to this place where we're gonna jump out these airplanes and I'm standing in line signing this little piece of paper and it's all of these waivers because if I fall and it's over, right? And I put on my little blue suit and strap up and put on my little cap, right? And we walking towards this airplane. And I am so excited Because by this time, I had done a lot of work. I had given up wandering the streets at night. I given up, gave into the fact that I had another opportunity to live because I wanted to die. I had given up um, willing to give myself a way to feel better or sell my body to someone to feel better. I had given up seeking sex money, I had given all of that up and I had came to a place of contentment with where I was. Yeah, that old lover showed up. Yeah, I I helped them get a job. Yeah, I supported them through the process, put money in their bank account, gave them a credit card, gave them a job. I did all of that stuff, right? And then I fired them because something clicked again. So by the time I got to a place where I was walking to this this plane that went up probably thousands of feet, 10, maybe 11, and this guy, I don't know, was high above the clouds. And I remember walking towards that plane and I was so excited. And as I was getting on there, I was the second to last person. And the plane has to go up so many thousands of feet in the air and everybody's jumping off. And then it's my turn. And I'm looking out the door of this airplane, scared, but excited at the same time. They told us all the stuff that we're going to do, when to pull the parachute at whatever many thousand feet. And, you know, it's going to feel like this. Now I'm scared. But I'm scared in the way in which courage is like raging through me. And I'm at that door. And they say, one, two, three, you're in the air. Jump, you don't. You're out of the plane and wind is hitting my face, pulling my skin back and I'm screaming. And all I hear is this noise. And I'm going through the sky and I can feel mist on my face as I fall. And I'm smiling and 
tears are coming out of my ears at the same time. And I'm watching that little number thing on my arm because I have to pull this parachute at 5,000 feet or something. Whatever that number is, I'm ready. And when we are in the air and I am falling, I feel everything. And I pull that parachute and it opens. The noise stops. It's silent. The sun is shining. I can see the sky, the clouds, the land, and I am falling slowly. And it feels good. And as I am coming down, it is so quiet. And my feet touch the ground. And all I know is I want to bounce back up and up so I can get that same feeling. I want to do this again. I couldn't stop jumping. And that feeling I held on to for a long time because that feeling was liberating. I was scared. I was excited. I had no doubt in my mind that I was going to be all right. And I pulled that parachute open and that silence that I heard was amazing. And that's the way I have to look at what's happening with me now. Because I want someone to save me. Really, there's nothing wrong. I got everything that I need, everything that I want. But my past comes up. My life continues to unfold. Things constantly come out. However, when I think about that moment, it's the same thing for me. And I didn't put this together until just the other day. And I was doing all of these little podcasts about this other stuff. And I'm like, you know what? You really need to talk about what it's like to get up and go when you really don't want to go. What it's like to do the things you don't want to do and do them anyway. What it's like when you're stuck and you feel like you're the only person there and can't nobody get you out and you get out anyway. Because you know in your heart you have something to do. Once you jump out the airplane, what are you going to hold on to? Where are you going? Straight down. So you can't do nothing but go. And the only thing is going to save you, Anthony, is you pull that parachute open and you experience that moment of silence. And you see opportunities miles and miles away. Because your eyes are open and it is quiet. And all of that fear you had and all of that excitement you had stops so you can be present to the moment.
And today I'm present to really what's happening. I'm present to the fact that my past will continue to come up. I'm present to the fact that, you know, I will continue to do things that I don't want to do. Today, I can be present to the fact to having a relationship with change. Get that. Having a relationship with change makes it easy for me to surrender. Because change will always happen. And if I'm willing to have a, a true relationship with that, I'm going to marry it. Now, my reaction to it might be different. However, I have a way of responding because I get to be in that moment of clarity. And being in that moment of clarity is I can be reminded change will always happen. This relationship will always be there. And if you're willing to take it, Anthony, life is going to be amazing. So I think this podcast is going to change as I talk because now it's time for me to be in a place where I'm really inspired by my life and my journey. And my journey for the past 15 years has been absolutely amazing. I want to talk to you all about some other stuff like school, the academic world, my dance world. Because I was stopped in so many areas of my life, right? Been stopped in so many areas of my life where I let everyone and everything outwork me, outdo me. And I felt it. Here's the thing is I stopped looking at what was happening and where I did come from and how amazing my life really looks. And I started focusing on all of these things. Granted, I'm going to talk about that stuff, that grimy, gushy stuff. In the process, that stuff happened. Yes, I take... 15 steps forward, and I'll probably take 20 steps back. However, those 15 steps I took forward, there was some learning experience in there for me. And the moment I get into that, that quiet space, I can see those things where I learned something. And I can pull those little things out and work with them. And I can give myself five seconds to make a move. I'm excited to tell you my truth. I'm excited to walk you through some of my stories. I'm excited to walk you through some of my journeys. The one thing that I'm definitely excited about is where we go from here. Thank you for listening to my podcast.